You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Czadomir Stojkovic, Serbian lawyer and the president of the October Group. Political Periscope. Quite a lot happening in Latvia lately. Uh, the government uh, is going to resign. Uh, you have a new president. Are there more important issues right now or those are the most important? Well, definitely. Those are the most important and pressing currently. So there is slight upheaval, uh, to say it mildly. So as indeed, as you mentioned, we have a new president. Uh, the prime minister has just resigned. That means also that the government has resigned. So it will continue its duties uh, until a new government is formed and approved. And uh, we're also going to have a new mayor of Riga, because the mayor of Riga also resigned uh, a bit ago, but uh, now a new coalition has, has been formed. And uh, so the, the mayor, uh, the prime minister and government, and also the president. Uh, but at the same time, I would also not exaggerate things because, you know, the, the course of Latvia, you know, when it comes to foreign policy and also domestic policy is not going to change fundamentally. What led the government to resign and uh, how long uh, will this crisis take, what do you think? Well, there were um, many uh, causes. Uh, so the immediate cause for the fall of the government was the election of the president, because uh, the president was a uh, member of the party, which is currently the, the largest party in the parliament, and uh, which uh, which is uh, also the, the party of the current, but uh, resigned or the prime minister. Uh, so uh, the, the president was elected with the votes of the opposition. Uh, and uh, that was uh, immediately clear at that point that uh, there will be changes also in the government. And uh, it also seemed that the prime minister was uh, maybe tired uh, of, of his role because he has diligently served uh, around four and a half years uh, quite, through quite a difficult period. Uh, the the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, uh, Russia's war in Ukraine, and, and the list goes on. And um, he was not uh, happy with the, the current coalition and the coalition partners were not satisfied as well. Uh, so that uh, led to this uh, decision, which was uh, taken yesterday by the prime minister to resign. And it was uh, you know, only a matter of uh, time. And also at the same time as uh, the, the, the a new coalition is being formed in the Riga city, well, which is the, the capital city, the biggest city by, uh, by margin of Latvia. So these things also uh, related. So what's going to change? Well, the uh, uh, faces will be slightly different. Uh, some of them already are. So the, the president uh, is the, the former minister foreign affairs. Uh, he was uh, minister for almost 12 years. So the uh, longest serving minister uh, foreign affairs to the date. So he is sort of a new face, uh, definitely, for, for that post. So do you think that because of his experience in the foreign policy, it can maybe shift a bit from the government to the presidential palace, the general shaping of international national policy or is it not possible in Latvian system? 
Well, the president has largely symbolic role, but uh, it depends very much on personalities. And uh, strong personalities with a good team can uh, make more impact on, on foreign policy. And, and definitely President Rinkevich is going to remain a central figure in, in foreign policy for years to come. So definitely for the upcoming four years of his uh, first term. We'll see if a second term will come, but he will definitely be a central person uh, of Latvia's foreign policy because we have had different presidents. Some have uh, spearheaded foreign policy, others have uh, uh, focused a uh, bit more on the domestic policy. So, so he will definitely push the, the uh, foreign affairs issue. Well, in our times, the times we are living in right now with the war in Ukraine, with uh, the growing threat from Russia and China, and the very unstable situation in Belarus, uh, it actually can be good for Latvia and for Europe. Yes, uh, experienced politicians, uh, which which had the uh, governments and the presidential palaces, this is of course an asset. Also, in our case, uh, well, continuity and stability is is an asset. What's his attitude towards Ukraine? He acted as the foreign minister, so he has some experience. Definitely, he has been uh, quite tough on Russia, to say the least, and he has been strong supporter of Ukraine, and uh, nothing is going to change in that matter. So, so Latvia, and of course the, the president, is going to stay uh, committed uh, as long as it takes. Quite recently, we've had the NATO summit in uh, Vilnius. Uh, Latvia also joined the declaration of support of Ukraine. Mm, do you think that after this summit, w was this summit historical in any way? And uh, what can be gained for Latvia from this summit? Well, this was a historical summit and one of the most important ones for Latvia. As, uh, for the first uh, 13 years, uh, the Baltic states uh, were members only on paper, I mean members of NATO, uh, since there was basically no allied military presence in the Baltic states. We had the air patrol mission conducted from Lithuania, and that was basically it. So some allies came for exercises, but that was it. Uh, so uh, Wales and Warsaw summits were fundamental. Uh, they, they led to the establishment of enhanced forward presence, uh, battle groups uh, in, in the Baltic states and Poland as well. And now uh, the decisions taken at Vilnius, uh, they will lead to doubling, uh, at least doubling uh, the size of the battle groups. Canadians are uh, doubling uh, their uh, the number of soldiers that they're deploying to Latvia uh, and sending also some tanks. Uh, so, so things are getting better. Uh, so Lithuania uh, will get uh, around 4,000 German troops, which is uh, quite amazing, you know, which, what they turned around of uh, German foreign defense policy. Uh, so Latvia has definitely gained, uh, so as the other two Baltic states. Uh, so so uh, apart from that, membership of Sweden, which is now uh, almost sealed, uh, that also helps, and also the new defense plans that were approved uh, for for the Baltic states and NATO at large, they will also be helpful. However, uh, Lithuania noticed that uh, Germany is a bit, uh, is not too eager to send those troops and uh, they are still waiting, uh, although the agreement stated something else. Yes, yeah, so uh, there was uh, quite a public spat 
and Lithuanian uh, officials and politicians were uh, well rather direct uh, in their approach to, to Germany and uh, Germany took a U-turn uh, briefly before the uh, NATO summit in Vilnius uh, since Lithuanians understood that indeed the entire brigade should be deployed to Lithuania uh, so that was their understanding but uh, Germans said no uh, well we have only a small portion of soldiers in Lithuania and the rest of the brigade will be based in Germany and they would be deployed uh, in 10 days which well sounded uh, quite bizarre uh, for the situation where the Baltic states are located uh, but uh, Minister Pistorius he changed the course uh, quite considerably and uh, committed 4,000 troops and Lithuanians have uh, to build the necessary infrastructure now so now it seems that the hardcore approach of Lithuanians has paid off so they were quite quite frank quite direct they were criticizing Germans for not uh, holding to the promises and understanding of Lithuanians and uh, well we have the decision so Germany is coming with 4,000 soldiers uh, well probably not immediately until 2026 uh, it is the understanding but uh, this will be the biggest deployment of uh, foreign troops uh, to the Baltic states in Poland and Lithuania, one of the most important topics right now is the potential threat of the Wagner Group, which is stationed in Belarus. Latvia is also bordering Belarus, but, well, you have shorter, far shorter border than we do. But uh, do you speak about it? Is it a topic? Yes, this is a topic. It's, of course, of uh, slightly smaller um, topicality here than it is in Poland uh, and, and also in Lithuania. And uh, I think one one issue is, of course, the length of the border, but uh, I think Poland is the, the prime target for Belarus and, and, and Russia, because this is, of course, a common project of well, the migration crisis, the artificial migration crisis, and also the uh, stationing of uh, Wagner troops in uh, Belarus. Uh, so, so Latvia uh, feels, of course, uh, this this is uh, an issue, but not to the level as as, as Poland does. Uh, but um, so far, so good. Of course, we have to stay vigilant. The institutions are vigilant. The uh, the new president was recently at the border inspecting how things are. Uh, so there is, of course, anxiety, but uh, at the same time, you know, we, we shouldn't also exaggerate uh, things. At least, also this uh, current moment since uh, well, Wagner is, uh, uh, is definitely going to become an integral part of the armed forces of Russia. So that, that's not going to be like, uh, in the words of Lukashenko, like excursion of uh, Wagnerites to, to, to Warsaw or anywhere else. So if uh, anything were to happen, that will be sanctioned by Kremlin. And, you know, it's not going to be like, uh, you know, freelance uh, operation. And uh, when we look at Poland, of course, Poland uh, has one of the best armed forces in Europe. Europe currently, and uh, Poland uh, is, is definitely well aware of the risks and also well prepared. Today in Poland we have the day of uh, the army, and we have um, it's a national holiday. Uh, we've had a big parade, military parade, in Warsaw. And, of course, it sparked discussions in Poland. Uh, first of all, should we make such parades when uh, we are in such a danger? Um, maybe there, the, the tanks should be deployed somewhere in the field uh, near the border and not parading in Warsaw. Uh, but it also sparked the questions about um, buying of armaments and uh, also about 
those tanks and those uh, armored vehicles that we that we've sent to Ukraine do you think that the countries of the eastern flank of NATO was it a good decision to send tanks to send armored vehicles to send um, ammunition to Ukraine should we continue doing it Definitely, as as long as it takes, because uh, this is uh, you know it's it's not only a fight for the future of Ukraine, but also for the Baltic states and also for the Poland, Poland and uh, other countries. Uh, so it's it's you know beyond doubt that we have to continue. Latvia has also been uh, diligent in this respect. Uh, the the Baltic states uh, are one of the leaders uh, per GDP, you know, of contribution to Ukraine. Latvia, for example, it sent uh, virtually all of its military helicopters sends uh, propelled uh, howitzers, uh, you know, anti-tank and uh, anti-aircraft uh, uh, systems, uh, and then uh, we will definitely continue that. And uh, also, large uh, portions of the society have donated, uh, you know, different sorts of things: money, clothes, uh, SUVs. Uh, so, so it's 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 still uh, quite quite an important issue here because uh, people. Uh, here in the Baltic states consider that uh, the Ukrainians are fighting not only for their future and independence, but also for ours. I've seen some Ukrainian flags here in Riga. Not few, I would say. I would say rather a lot of them. Is the support for Ukraine still strong in Latvian society? In Poland, there are some groups, there are some um, circles that are pushing this anti-Ukrainian agenda and uh, many people start to feel maybe tired with supporting Ukraine or maybe bored. Yes, so that is uh, also an issue that has to be discussed here. So definitely uh, say that uh, the support is still strong, uh, but as with uh, any war, Uh, well, people get used with that, and uh, and then uh, gradually, of course, uh, some flags uh, somewhere have been removed. So there were more flags, definitely, in in February, and especially you know starting from March, uh, March and February 2022. Yeah. Uh, so there is uh, you know, uh, sort to say, uh, uh, sort so, sort of a new phase, uh, and and uh, still people continue supporting Ukraine. We're We run uh, a public survey, a national representative survey on uh, uh, the attitude towards uh, war uh, in Ukraine. So we asked uh, one of the questions was, is Russia to blame uh, for war in Ukraine? And uh, around eight uh, out of ten Latvians, uh, so ethnic Latvians, said yes, that Russia is to blame. Uh, at the same time, uh, four out of ten Russian speakers said that yes, Russia is to blame. So there's the still the issue of Russian speakers uh, in, in the Baltic states and especially in Latvia as well as Estonia because uh, uh, you can definitely attribute the you know strong support uh, of Ukraine to a uh, convincing majority of uh, ethnic Latvians but not uh, to uh, Russian speakers because then you know you can look at the situation as a, is the glass half empty or half full because well, there are many Russian speakers which are with Ukraine but at the same time, uh, as many which are not. What's the current situation concerning Russian speakers and Russians in Latvia? Because uh, there was this issue of Russians without Latvian citizenship. Uh, was it dealt with? And uh, what with the others? Um, do they experience, well, have the situation changed 
after the Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine and uh, after a year and a half. Well, there have been many decisions taken, uh, uh, both uh, for the domestic audience and also uh, for Russia. So, you know, sanctions against Russia. So there have been bans and travel and so forth. When it comes to the um, domestic uh, audience, if I may put it so, uh, TV channels registered in Russia have been blocked. Uh, so as many uh, websites uh, registered in Russia with the name to um, um, rest uh, restrict the propaganda from Russia. Uh, there have been also um, decisions taken on um, removing and demolishing uh, remaining uh, Soviet occupation uh, monuments. Also the, the largest one in the Baltic states, the so-called Victory Monument was taken down uh, last August. So there has been um, quite uh, widespread uh, campaign of uh, the Russification and the Sovietization. Also amongst the decisions was a decision to completely uh, uh, reform the uh, education sector. Uh, uh, from around 2025, all schools will uh, teach lessons in the Latvian language only. Of course, you know, Russian language or, you know, Polish language uh, or other minority languages will be taught in uh, in, in that respective language. Uh, but the uh, segregation of the education system will be uh, tarnished starting from 2025. So there have been many, many decisions taken. Uh, also, one uh, issue which is uh, quite Currently, what the big is the uh, Russian citizens uh, in Latvia. Uh, so they have to prove that they uh, can speak uh, the Latvian language. So they have uh, to prove this, and and uh, has been some uh, disagreement, to say the least, uh, in in uh, in, uh, in the uh, groups of uh, Russian speakers. That uh, some also elderly people above sixty or seventy, they also have to prove uh, proficiency of the Latvian language uh, uh, or else uh, they might uh, be deported uh, if they have uh, no uh, justification. Pretty soon, in about three weeks, uh, we'll have also one important event. We'll have uh, the Free Seas Initiative Summit in Bucharest. Latvia is a part of this initiative. What's the attitude of Latvia towards the Free Seas Initiative and what uh, what's its uh, role in the initiative? Well, Latvia has been uh, quite positive about the initiative. Uh, last year, Latvia hosted the Free Seas uh, Initiative Summit, so it was big uh, uh, for Latvia last year. Uh, so the importance has uh, declined uh, this year, um, uh, but Latvia still remains uh, committed to this initiative and uh, the Russia's war in Ukraine uh, definitely reinvigorated uh, this initiative uh, since it also underlined that, uh, well, we have to develop uh, also the North-South uh, uh, energy, transportation and digital connectivity links and have to bring in also Ukraine and Moldova. Uh, so, so for that sense, it, it has gained uh, a sort of a momentum. At the same time, of course, Latvia is uh, Latvia and its economy is, is rather uh, small when you take, you know, the, the uh, amount of investment which is necessary, you know, to bring this initiative to reality. Of course, it is uh, quite active. Uh, well, uh, there's uh, rotating presidency each year, uh, you know, changing hands. Uh, it is quite an important format, but it still has to prove itself.
Last topic, um, China. China used to be promising partner for Baltic states at one moment, but right now we see turn in very opposite direction. What do you think uh, can be done about it? What should be done about it? Uh, should we seek some agreement with China or should we just cut off all the links and, and uh, learn to live without it? Yeah, China was rather active, especially in 2016. Uh, Riga hosted the 16 plus one uh, summit. Uh, so the Chinese uh, Prime Minister Li Keqiang came to Riga and, and there were, well, uh, hopes uh, here in Latvia, especially in the business community that, you know, China might, uh, you know, become uh, a sort of an alternative to Russia's market, also to the Russian cargo uh, that has been tra tra transiting uh, Latvia but uh, to no vain, uh, starting from 2017, 2018, uh, well, there was a uh, certain fatigue in the business community and also, you know, also among politicians because uh, there were many promises uh, from China, uh, but, uh, well, not much materialized, to say the least. And, of course, China became more uh, and more authoritarian and uh, more and more assertive abroad. And Lithuania has... Uh, felt it uh, most of the Baltic states since Lithuania allowed uh, the Taiwanese representation office to be opened in uh, Vilnius uh, bearing the name Taiwanese uh, so China was not happy about it and it uh, de facto expelled uh, the Lithuanian diplomatic staff from China well and, and uh, this all resulted uh, in uh, all three Baltic states leaving the so-called 16 plus 1 or then it was already 17 plus 1 format so that format is dead uh, at least from the perspective of the Baltic states uh, so, so there are uh, not many hopes associated with China. And, uh, of course, China's implicit support to Russia over the war in Ukraine, well, it, it, it finished it all. Uh, but having told that, of course, uh, well, you, you can't ignore China. Uh, China is big and its role is continuing to increase uh, globally. And it's, it's not really uh, possible to completely decouple from China. Uh, so the uh, Baltic policy will be uh, having more and more principles based towards China, but at the same time as the, the United States is trying currently also, you know, to find a balanced approach with China. So also probably the Baltic states uh, will, but again, uh, uh, Lithuanians will probably be uh, the, the, the toughest in, in their diplomacy towards China. Thank you very much. Thank you. This was the Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m. 